We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Welcome to Refuge Freedom. I'm your guest host, Johnny D. And my guest tonight is Sarah M. Sarah was held captive in the communist Khmer Rouge as part of the mass genocide that took place in Cambodia. She was in a harsh labor camp, was starved, exhausted, and became severely sick. Two million people died as a result of those labor Sarah survived and escaped to find peace and freedom again and has become an award-winning author and a speaker. She shares about how tenacity, perseverance, and faith are required values to fear resources. Welcome, Sarah. Very happy to have you on the show. Thank you for having me tonight. We have a wide-ranging audience, and the Khmer Rouge event that genocide took place was a number of years ago. And there may be some people that don't really know what we're talking about. So maybe you could give a little bit of background about that and how you ended up in that camp. Of course, Khmer Rouge came to Cambodia, took over a country in 1975. During that time, I was away from home attending college, which is about 400 miles from my hometown. So when they came in, they immediately shut down the whole city. They cut off everything, including the transportation. That means I got stuck. I cannot go home during those times. And they pushed us to get out from where we were. And they came into the city and they shut down everything, including the marketplace, the hospital, the school, the university, transportation, the post office, everything. So I was totally separated from my family and they pushed us to go away from the That means we don't know where to go. So we walk and we sleep on the street and we eat just a little bit of rice that we carry from home. And then we end up in the village. I was moved a couple more times since then and I end up in the big labor camp. They only want single man and woman live in there. So we are the prime strongest work. That means they can push us to work extremely hard. Mm. They want us to work extremely long hours in the heat and they only give us very little food to eat. They work in the rice field all the way until nighttime and very few hours sleep and no time to rest seven days a week and we don't have enough time to sleep and no rest. We end up getting sick. A lot of us 
And so even though I was sick with several with a few disease, I still had to go to work and until I can no longer go to work. And then they put me in the infirmary. They pushed me to go to infirmary. When I got there, I realized the people that are in the infirmary are seriously sick and they are dying. So they basically they work you to exhaustion to the point where you can't be of any profit to them anymore. And then they put you in the building to die. Yeah, yeah. I was extremely exhausted. So I realized that in that infirmary, I will end up dying just like other people. So I had to find my way how to get out of this situation, mm-hmm. not run away because I'm too sick to, to walk away. And I don't really know where to go. They will get me. As soon as I get out, they will get me and they will kill me. So I start to think, what can I do? And I remember when I was young, mm-hmm. I listened to my mom. My mom read the story. It's her book, her story. But I listen. I love the way that she reads. So in one, it's very obvious to me that there is God. Mm-hmm. God that knows what's going on. And he knows who the bad guys are yeah. and the good people are. So he provides the intervention. He sent the angel to rescue the woman and the children. So from that one story, I already made up my mind. I already believe that there is God since I was very young. And now that my life is in danger, I'm about to die. I remember that God. Mm. I told him and I start to pray, pray and ask him to help. So night after night, I pray. And then one day, when I woke up, I have a little bit of extra energy to walk away. So I walk out from there, go back to where the work people and one team leader saw me and she said, come and stay with my group. I'll find something for you. To but she realized I'm too sick to do anything. She said, you cannot stay with me because you are too sick. You need to go to work in the kitchen. When I heard the word kitchen, I know God gave me, God gave this job. I know I'm going to survive. When I worked there, I had more food. I worked in the shade and I had more time to rest. So eventually, I start to feel better. Yeah, God always comes through, doesn't he? You know, at our darkest times. And, you know, you, you said that your mom read you stories about God when you were a young child. Now, growing up in Cambodia, Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be normally associated with Christian faith. It would be Buddhist, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So how did your mom manage to communicate that to you in a safe manner in a, in a, and, and show you that God was real when you would have been surrounded by Buddhism? Yeah, that book, believe it or not, it's not a Christian book. No. No, no. It's more like a novel. They talk about life. The life cycle, talk about reincarnation, mm. all that. But in this one particular story, there is one man that is trying to build the generosity in his life. So that's, that's the story. And that means he had to give up everything that he ever owned. And lastly, he only had two children and, a one, and one wife left to him. And this mean person come along and he wants the children and the wife. So he asked the man for So the man, you know, was born, but eventually he had to let this mean person have the children and the wife. And this mean person start to beat up the children because they don't want, the children don't want to be. And he start to beat up. That's when God sent his angels to protect those. 
So even though it wasn't a Christian book, God still used it to touch your heart and show himself that he was real to you. And he made a way for you out of the hard labor into the kitchen. Yes, yes. I believe that is the case because I got so quickly. I said, there is God in my mind that I truly believe that there is God. So what happened once you got into the kitchen? Obviously, you would have gotten better because you're getting more food. You're not working as hard. You're in the shade. How did you manage to go from there to actually escape from the camp? Yeah, there's a couple more steps. So I'll, I'll give you a short version. Okay, sure. <laughs> so when I look better, feel better, they saw and they pulled me out from the kitchen, throw me back into the right field. So another three years went by. So the total, almost four years. And things start changing. This uh, group thought to uh, move us, move the whole camp. By then, a lot of people have died because mm-hmm. we start out a thousand people. By then, we, we probably have about 250, 280, something like that, smaller group. So it's a lot easier to move. So they push us to go the direction of the jungle. They give us a big bag of rice to carry, and then we move. And every two weeks, we, we walk, we move deeper into the kitchen. And then I realized I will never find my family in the jungle. My goal, I tried to the wife is because I want to go find my family, want to help out. So now they pushed us to go to the jungle. I need to get out. God gave me a courage to find an escape with three other girls that we are friends. So I asked them to see if they want to help escape because my health already declined. I'm sick again. I'm skinny again. So they decided to escape. So we make plans to escape, and we wait till nighttime, and we just walk out. So wow. they, they could not see us because in the jungle, it's really dark. There is no light anywhere. It's easy to sneak out. But it's also easy to get lost because we have no idea where to go. We, we just try to remember where we came from. We just want to try to backtrack, of, you know, the direction that came from but i believe that god help us god move us step. god probably lead us where to go so we were safe from them they didn't see us and then after the whole night walking we end up away from them and then we keep walk walking and then we see some people and then i start asking for direction to go to my hometown so eventually I was able to track down my family. It, it's a long journey. There was about almost a month of work, a walk, but we did it. So you got reunited with your family and obviously that fantastic outcome, you know, to your ordeal. So how did that help your faith grow? How did that build your relationship? During that time, it was not obvious that I got close to God. I'm grateful that God heard my prayer and just normal until later on. I had to escape from Cambodia to mm-hmm. get it. So I have to work my way across the border to escape to Thailand. Then when I got to Thailand, I found a refugee. So I found some friends and then I tracked down my mom's relative who came to United States a long time ago and he sponsored me. And things to change. Well, I wait for about a year before I can get everything together to come to United States. When I came to United States, voila, there's a lot of Christian people waiting to receive 
see to have oh my goodness i would i never never imagined that these people are so kind and loving just unbelievable one lady especially she lived about 45 minutes away from where my apartment is come come no matter how much snow how, how bad the weather is come every day come to pick me up go to apply for this 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 so their kindness is just unbelievable and then a few years later well i moved on my life i started learning the language to get my ged register in college and then the phone rang from my mom my mom called me at the middle of the night she said well we made it up to thailand and we don't know where to go so eventually to make a long story short they end up finding the camp but the camp was closed nobody registered them as the new resident as the refugee so they sneak in into that camp undocumented i didn't know what's going on but i just did my work my job filling out the paperwork sponsored them but didn't work it didn't work because they are registered they are documented so finally i need to become a us citizen to sponsor them. So it took five years. My family lived in the closed thing. So that means I was extremely stressed. I became very thin, very tight, and I had nightmare every night. That's when I start seek out God more serious. I know of Him. I know that He exists, but I don't have a personal relationship. So I start to seriously attend the church, study the Bible, and everything. To relieve my stress, because I saw all those ladies that help. They are so kind, they are so beautiful, and I want what they have. So during the process, I'm attending and I'm open mind to learn and all that. And then one day, my pastor's wife, who always teach me the Bible study separately because my English was not that good, so she read the scripture John three sixteen, and you know the scripture. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Whoever believe in Him will have an everlasting life. That's opened my eye because that's the first time I ever heard. And then later I read on and then we study, continue study, and he end up get here on the cross because people accuse him and all that. But I look at this that Jesus gave up His life because He wants to. They, uh, he wants to save me from my sin. So that's how I look at it and I say, wow, he gave everything he ever owned. I mean, his life. So what else can I ask you? That's the big question that I ask. And I say nothing else. So at that time that I asked him, it's my Lord and Savior. I found my Lord, my personal Savior. I thought my journey since then. All along, he leads you step by step by step, and he holds your hand and brings you to that place where yes. you can understand why he tried so diligently to bring you to him for that offer of salvation. That, that's fantastic. And you said that you had a lot of stress and anxiety, and, and I know you've written a book about your experience in the killing fields, which is what those Timer Rouge camps are known as, but he helped you through the stress of waiting for your family to come to the U.S., things like that. Talk to me a little bit about the strategies that he's shown you to use, because in this day and age, there's a lot of people that are experiencing fear and anxiety, and stress. So tell me the kind of tools and the ways that God has shown you to be victorious over those things. Well, God has shown me that he is so faithful. 
that I can depend on him. Whenever I have worry and concern, and I know I can ask, and I pray. And that's one aspect. And the other aspect, there's so many promises in the Bible that I learned. All here, I accumulate a lot of wonderful promises that God promised. And you can trust God because it's God. Yes, yes. You, you can trust God for sure, 100%. Yes, one scripture that stands out the most to me, Psalm 103:4, say, He redeemed you from hell and crowned you with love and mercy. Yes, he, he did. He redeemed me from hell. <laughs> the healing fields, absolutely. That would have been a lot like hell, I would imagine. Yes. And so now you go and, and share your story and got your book available to people and things like that, which is an amazing, I think, for anybody that doesn't know about that experience, they should read your book. So tell me even where people find it. The title is How I Survived the Killing Field, and the subtitle is The Story of Hope, Love, and Determination. That's my true story, and I wrote in my personal, and I all the, throughout the book. It's my own experience. It's not secondhand. And I share the true journey, and I share about how I cope with the situation during the hardest time. There's a lot of hoping that I share. And then at the end of the book, I also share some tips, some advice, some life lesson that I learned through my journey. A lot of people, after they read my book, they said, I will never complain again. <laughs> <laughs> and where can people find you? They can find my book on my website. It's sarahm.com. It's spelled S-A-R-A-I-M.com and last book. So if, if you were going to leave our audience one thought, somebody comes up to you and says, I've read your book, you know, you've, you've experienced a lot of things. I'll give you two minutes to tell me something about God that's going to change. What would you say? I would tell them that God is a loving God. He doesn't want anything from us. All he has is love. So he loves us. He, he does a lot of things behind the scene that we didn't know for many years I didn't realize until now, every time I look back at a certain situation, I say, oh, if God was now with me, I probably would not make it. If God did not prevent me from stepping on the, the landmine, I probably got blown and, and got killed crossing the If God did not direct my step running away in the jungle, I probably get lost in the jungle around and around. I would not get out. So God show up in so many ways that we don't know until later on when we reflect on things and we know that God was with me. So trust in him because he loves us. He wants to protect us and he wants to save us. That's why he also gave up his son to come down and die for us. So I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't have God in my life. I'm so, so grateful. Amen. And I think you've got such a powerful experience of how God guided your step through some very difficult situations. And I think for our listeners, there are a lot of people that are probably going through some really difficult things in their life and they're feeling stress and they're feeling like they don't have hope, feeling they just don't know where to turn. But you just gave them a perfect example of how God is there, whether they see him or not. God is there leading them and guiding them towards 
Yes. So I want nothing more than just have people know, get, get to know God, have God in their life so that they can experience peace and hope and joy. Yeah, so I, I think you've done a good job communicating that. Thank you so much for being our guest. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Sarah, and God bless you for all that you're doing and the message. Thank you for having me, Johnny. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.